Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hello and welcome to yet another edition of Lynn Cullen Still Alive. It is December 14th in the ghastly year of our Lord, um, 2020. And uh, the good news is 2020 is nearing its end. Not that the beginning of 21 is going to seem a lot different, (laughs) but 21 does bring us hope as the first vaccines uh, find their way uh, into the arms of some of our first responders. So, um, gee, I didn't know I was going to sound so subdued. I feel subdued. I didn't think I felt subdued. You're the first folks I've talked to (laughs) today. So, you know, you don't quite know how your voice is going to sound, let alone your 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 tone uh so you know speaking of that i read an article um, before we get into the nitty-gritty about tone and how in a year when so much has been lost to us um the ways that we are able to communicate with each other uh granted we have the technology that has allowed us to stay in touch which has been a blessing But what we used to do when we were speaking to each other in person, obviously, was we could read faces. And that is something that we, you know, unconsciously do. And I suspect we get an incredible amount of information from uh, seeing the face as of the person who is speaking to us. And since our faces have been pretty much obliterated because of the pandemic, and we have relied more and more on texting uh, and, yes, writing what we need to communicate, but in the writing, you lose you also lose the tone, the sound of the voice so that I can say, you know, uh, you know, you look beautiful or I can say you look uh, beautiful or I can say you <laughs> look beautiful. I don't know. You could read it 500 million different ways, right? And we've lost that. And in a time when we're as a nation, uh, seeing the inability to communicate to our fellow citizens in a civil uh, manner, um, this, these kinds of challenges of, that lead to misunderstanding, misinterpretation, misreading of what a person might be saying, uh, really exacerbates the uh, the problem. And you know, when I think about what I have missed most and what I look forward to most, it is seeing a person's face. I haven't seen a friend's face in so long, not their whole face. <laughs> I I just so desperately want to see a smile, you know. So that's what I'm uh, missing. I don't know where that came from, but uh, there it is. Um, So today, an important day in the election um, in which the electors in All 50 states will meet and uh, vote, this being the Electoral College, which is an outrage, but it is what we have. And it has handicapped Democratic candidates for 
for uh, decades and decades and decades. And so when a Democrat wins, as one did this time around, um, they have won with one hand tied behind their back and the system really uh, rigged against them. And, and yet the Republicans, of course, continue. I mean, I have to admit, I thought I was beyond uh, being surprised at, at their behavior. But I have to admit, I am blown away by the level of sycophancy, cowardice, and frankly, seditious behavior. Uh, so that today in Michigan, when the electors meet, they will have individual police escorts as they arrive at the state capitol where they will cast their votes because they, their lives have been threatened. In Arizona, uh, state officials there are holding the vote at an undisclosed location. This has never happened. For fear of their safety because of credible threats against their lives. We are living in and witnessing the largest attack on our democracy, certainly in my life, and it's been a long one, but even in my mother's life, and she's nearing 100 years of age, when threats to our democracy happened in her life, they came from other nations. They came from Germany. They came from Japan. And from within. And it comes on the shoulders of one of our two major political parties. And this, to me, is more terrifying than a foreign threat. And those who think that this is somehow going to go away are delusional. Maybe that's a little strong. Are hopeful to a fault. <laughs> Let's put it that way, if you ask me. We all know about Pandora's box. Once opened, no putting it back. Well, we've got Pandora's box thrown wide open in this country. And the resulting chaos cheered on, egged on, helped on by a large measure of our media, by the President of the United States, by a majority of the members of Congress who sit on the Republican side of the aisle. This is a fifth column that is inside the very doors of our govern government. And to not see the threat is uh, dangerous in itself. Speaking of World War II, as I did allude to it, just a fact, more Americans have died in this country 
in the last nine months from COVID-19 than died in four years of combat in World War II. More Americans have died in the nine months of this pandemic than died in all of World War II. And that, of course, need not have happened. And that is a direct result of the total malfeasance. And I would argue almost, again, seditious response of the Republicans and this administration. They see they're more adept at killing Americans than the Nazis, than the Japanese. <laughs> they are amazingly adept. I'm sorry, I, I wanted to find something. Here it is. Speaking of the outrageous indifference and dereliction of duty of the Trump administration during this time of incredible crisis in our country, the seeming lack of even acknowledgement of the deaths of all of these Americans, of loved people, of fathers and mothers and children, brothers and sisters. When's the last time you heard any of them note it? Speak of it. And what have they done? While jobs have been lost, people are being evicted into the streets in a winter during a pandemic for lack of funds to pay their rent, but they have no job because businesses are closed down. Jobs are not there. And again, I want to return to something that I have been saying. It is an unwelcome, unhappy thought, but it is proved correct day after day after day. It's a hard thing to face, but we live in one of the more cruel nations of this earth. Yes, the richest. And because of that, its cruelty is more unforgivable, awful, despicable. Let me explain the cruelty with just some numbers, with some facts again, okay? I still live in a world in which there are facts. While the world suffers this pandemic, workers in the nation to our north, Canada, a nation very much in many ways like our own, and many ways not, not in its cruelty, not in our cruelty, because Canada is subsidizing the wages of its unemployed during this pandemic. It's holding them up at great cost, certainly. But it is what an uncruel government would do to just understand this, just to our north. 
out of work Canadian is getting $2,000 a month. $2,000 a month from its government. Japan, I mentioned earlier. Japan is subsidizing its unemployed up to 100% of their wages. Norway subsidizing their unemployed in this pandemic up to 90% of their wages. Germany, up to 87% of their wages. Every month a check comes. France, up to 84% of their wages. England, 80% of their wages. Italy, 80% of their wages. I can go on and on. And now we get to us, the more most cruel nation. Zero. Not a penny. You just got to wonder, whatever happened to us, how did, how did, how did this happen to us? I know what party has peddled this tough love, don't help the most helpless people. I know what party that has been throughout my lifetime. It has been the Republican Party. They are unashamedly the party of cruelty. The only empathy they ever exhibit is to the rich. There were events this weekend in Washington, D.C., in Olympia, Washington. Um, I think there was something in Minneapolis. I'm not sure. There were events. And in Washington, I, I have to tell you, and I don't know how this happened to me, I have pretty much stopped watching all news um, I didn't even realize it. Uh, but this weekend, I I thought, you know, you haven't watched a newscast in maybe a week. So I have to say, it's not something I said to myself, you're not going to watch. It's just something that happened. I, and I'm probably the better for it. But I don't know how much news, television news, has covered what I now read about. So I'm unsure how much coverage these um, demonstrations in Washington received uh, this weekend. But because I now get my news by reading all kinds of sources, and in this case, the source is from a conservative, very conservative. Why can't I find his name? I am sorry, I did everything but put his name on here. Um, A very conservative, very religious man who felt he needed to watch He wasn't in attendance. That was called the Jericho March. That was in Washington this weekend. 
but he wanted to watch and it was streamed on its own I, I don't know channel so he kept you know a running commentary of what he was seeing and what he was hearing and it is chilling let me tell you that the events he is speaking of and which i will share some of with you were followed of course on saturday night and into sunday morning by proud boys and others in the streets beating people up, stabbing people, terrorizing the city. So from this rhetoric that was heard on Saturday into the violence of Saturday night, I think, and I fear to say, we are seeing our future. Speaker after speaker got up and said to the crowd that God had spoken to them. This was very, very religious stuff. And the two there were three religions uh, that were front and center. Uh, evangelical Christianity, Catholicism, and representatives of Orthodox Judaism. And the one thing all of these guys have in common is absolute belief absolute faith that God speaks to them and that God is right and they needn't bother to try to explain it to anybody else. One of the speakers was a Catholic priest from Colorado. And he essentially said that to oppose Donald Trump in his reelection was to be an agent of Satan. Now, just so you understand, the guy who's writing this stuff says this. Because th this priest says he's an exorcist and he was literally trying to exorcise people like you who don't support Donald Trump. And the author, this conservative guy says, this was the first time I got really angry because as regular readers of mine know, I believe in the power of exorcism. I believe the demonic is real. And there this, watching this priest essentially say that if you're a Democrat, you are an agent of Satan. The felon, the pardoned felon, General Michael Flynn, took the stage. And here's this other just sickening, bizarre aspect. One of the first things Flynn said is that his my pillow gave him the best rest of his life. So these crazed God, uh, you know, these crazed people who are having regular conversations with God and and speaking to the crowd seemingly can't do it for long without doing a commercial. He first said the my pillow gives him the best sleep of his life. Then he recited the our father. And the guy watching this, who remember believes in exorcism, said Jesus, America, hucksterism. This was the theme of this rally. And at times during the webcast, I was watching the screen would split 
with the speaker on the left and a my pillow commercial on the right. Now, this is the kind of stuff that Saturday Night Live might do, but this was happening in reality in the nation's capital. Speaker after speaker told the crowd that Trump had won. And while Flynn was speaking, what should happen? But a helicopter, Marine One, carrying President Donald Trump, appeared over the rally, hovered over the rally. The crowd went insane. Trump was on his way to the Army-Navy game. (coughs) And after Marine One had gone on to the game, Flynn resumed talking, and he said this. Every time they attack Trump, they are attacking you. Now understand this. That is a core fascist trope. At the infamous 1934 Nuremberg rally, Rudolf Hess told that crowd this. The party is Hitler. Hitler is Germany. Germany is Hitler. This is the pulling together of the fact that each person must identify with Trump. This is the stuff of cult. Of This is how you take people and every offense to the leader is an offense to them and is a defense that need, I mean, an offense that needs to be defended as if they themselves were attacked. The, he goes on to show how the conflating of Jesus with Trump, with saving our nation, uh, and brought to the crowd by priests, by a messianic rabbi, which, by the way, means a Christian, not a Jew. A messianic rabbi is no rabbi, okay? Just saying. But they had a few Orthodox people there to blow the shofar, the ram's horn, which is blown in synagogues at our most holy moments. And there, some Jews dared to blow the shofar at this neo-fascist, Christian, white nationalist hate show reven up the faithful to do what they had to do. That's why they called it the Jericho March. If you know the Old Testament. Right? And I don't. (laughs) I should, but I don't know it that well. They blew the shofars, they blew the horns around the city of Jericho, and the walls came tumbling down. 
And so the Jericho march was to tumble Washington, was to tumble our government. And then Jews were excoriated during this. Mark Zuckerberg's name was brought up many times. Uh, world government, that's another um, globalist. All these kinds of things, which mean Jew, 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 kept popping up. Um, and of course, Alex Jones makes an appearance. The guy who said that Sandy Hook was a hoax. And he said, world government is here. The system is publicly stealing this election from the biggest landslide since 1776. And these people are believing it, that Trump won the biggest landslide. Not that there was an election in 1776. And then he screamed, God is on our side. We will never bow to the satanic, pedophile, new world order. Little QAnon stuff going on in there. And the crowd went nuts. Joe Biden is a globalist, and Joe Biden will be removed one way or another. And the Christians cheered. And this guy who was watching it really became frightened because there were ministers evangelicals getting up on that stage and going after other ministers and saying that any church, any minister that was not on board because an assault on Trump is an assault on their Christianity is an assault on God, that any minister who wasn't on board was a coward. This is the beginning of a Christian populist uprising. And what the guy who was watching this in horror said, this stuff is going to shatter local churches. He said a Baptist pastor friend texted me earlier this week to say that a dozen people had already left his church because of this kind of propaganda. They left to fight for America. So, on and on, terrifying. And it was followed by this violence in the streets. This is the kind of thing, you know, the, the brown shirts in these guys are working off the template that the Nazi party gave them. We, if you know the history of what happened in the thirties, you are looking at these guys following the playbook and you can discount them as kooks and nuts. But they're here, and they are fervent beyond your fervency. They are passionate. They have guns. And they are fighting for the Lord. And so just imagine if during the Black Lives Matter protest. A lot of people are stabbed. One critically 
tens upon tens of people are arrested in clashes that went on throughout the city. Did it lead the TV news? Did the cops go nuts? Tear gassing? Clubbing? No, because law enforcement only recognizes violence if it is black people or their allies. And even then, it doesn't take violence. It just takes the law enforcement's fear that they will be violent. But law enforcement in this country, and I would argue much of the media, is absolutely blind to this kind of fascistic, white, nationalist violence. From lynch mobs to the Proud Boys, they don't see it. I hope you don't think I'm overwrought because I, I gotta tell you, I think it's in the bones. I'm 99% Ashkenazi Jew. It was the Ashkenazi Jews who were almost obliterated by the Nazis. It's in my bones. Little hairs I don't even know on the back of my neck stand up when I see this stuff, when I read about it, when I watch it. We have a good more than 30% of our country, which has gone stark raving mad. And I don't know if you can have a country like that, especially when they are fed, oh, fed 24-7, their version of their mad reality. I don't know how we go back to any semblance of normalcy. An indicator, this is actually from a few weeks ago, Uh, the crowd was also, by the way, chanting uh, against Fox News. Fox News is now the enemy. A whole bunch of Republicans are the enemy. You know, they're threatening, uh, they're threatening Republican governors and office holders and electors. And people are going to be killed, make no mistake. And one of the uh, television networks that is gearing up to give these folks the reality they want is Newsmax. And Newsmax is the brainchild and and the... Uh, the plaything of a guy whose name you might recall. His name is Christopher Ruddy. He's a friend of Donald Trump's. And Christopher Ruddy used to be a journalist, never a good one, because he was willing to say what, well, his employer wanted him to say. And his employer, you might recall, was Richard Mellon Scaife. And during the Clinton administration, it was Christopher Ruddy, fueled by the beneficence of 
Richard Mellon Scaife, who promulgated all of the lies about Vince Foster being murdered, uh, uh, Clinton's having, I can't even remember, they were what, uh, drug dealers, they were, all of that was Christopher Ruddy. Well, he has now moved on and he does Newsmax. And I hate to tell you this, but the first for the first time in ever, Newsmax, which is not easy to find on your TV, you know, it's like channel 2752, but Newsmax beat out in the 7 p.m. hour. Fox News. And it did it, and this is the more chilling thing. It did it with a demographic that is the most valued demographic by advertisers, 25-year-olds to 54-year-olds. So make no mistake, this stuff is being lapped up, not necessarily by a bunch of old people, although there are plenty, but by young people, younger. So there is all of that. And we need to know this, right? We need to know this. Um, The fact that a majority of the Republican members of the House signed on to that specious, ludicrous attempt to overthrow the election that made its way to the Supreme Court via, via Texas that 18 Republican attorneys general joined suit. You have to acknowledge what that means. All of these powerful office holders are subverting, willing to publicly subvert our democracy and our election. As E.J. Dion in the Washington Post put it, at least the Confederate secessionists acknowledge that Lincoln had won the 1860 election. So these guys are doing the secessionists of 1860. Well, they're outdoing them, outdoing them. So um, I think we're, Rush Limbaugh said the other day on his show, he thought we were trending toward a civil war. (laughs) Might be the first time I have ever uh, agreed uh, with him. Uh, Barbara has sent me this. The greatest danger to America is the naive belief that there is something unique that guarantees America will remain a democratic civil society. See, and all I just want to say is anybody still believing that is so naive and hopeful to a fault. You cannot believe there is anything unique about our democracy right now because a major party, need I name it, has turned openly against democracy. And to think that that's not going to have dire consequences. I think we have a caller. Let me go to the phones. Caller, go ahead, please. Hi, Lynn. This is Lizzie from Swiss Home Park. Um, There's an event going on 
uh, from December 14th to December 19th. It's sponsored by the Proud Boys at a restaurant called the Cracked Egg, which is in um, 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 Brentwood. 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 Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I uh, found found this on Facebook. They're accepting toys for Toys for Tots. Um and it's it's just crazy. The um the well, information- you know that restaurant, I have to tell you that restaurant made its way into the paper today and not because of that. Really? But because two county deputies, see, law enforcement and these Proud Boy folks are often palsy-walsy. Oh, yeah. Because two county deputies had their picture taken inside the restaurant, which was open in defiance of the governor's no inside dining order. And they had their picture taken, of course, without masks. And the restaurant owner posted the photo on Facebook. Someone saw it, alerted the county, and those deputies are now under investigation. We'll see what happens there. But, yes, and it says here the restaurant is running a toy drive with a local Proud Boys group. Right. Okay. Yeah. Now, that restaurant is called what? The Cracked Egg? The Cracked Egg. It needs to be shut down by the state because of the violation. Yeah. And I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. They are here. It is everywhere. And you can discount them at your own peril. That's my, that's my take. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There was a posting on, um, Twitter by the Marine Toys for Tots Foundation that um, says that they were made aware of this event. And it says here, we will not, nor will we ever partner with the Proud Boys. We will not accept any toys or monetary donations from this event. Good. Good. I'm happy to see that. That's good. Thank God. Yeah. Oh, dear God. Thank you. I was just floored, and you know, I mean, the 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 Southern Poverty Law Center says that Southwestern Pennsylvania has always been a hotbed yep. of uh, white supremacists and and right. and the like, mm-hmm. and it is frightening. Yeah, they're right here. Well, Tree of Life happened here. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. They are here. You might be standing next to them in the grocery store. Yep. Yep. They are here. Thank you so much. Sure. Appreciate the call. Bye. So the elector is meeting today. And then the next step is January 6th. uh, When those votes, each, each state, puts their vote total into a little envelope. This is all paper ballots. And it is taken to Washington, D.C., where it will be opened. They'll be opened on January 6th by none other than the vice president of the United States, who, of course, oversees the Senate as his constitutionally designated role. So there will be Mike Pence, And he will have to open these and announce Michigan, so many votes for Biden, and on and on and Well, I'm sure you've heard that there is going to be one more gambit, like its legal challenges and everything else, doomed to failure, because the law does allow a member of the Senate and of the House to object to any of the totals. And if those objections are put in writing and blah, 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 then both houses have to go into a two-hour session and vote on whether a whole state's vote could be disqualified. 
Now, of course, the House is controlled by Democrats. They will not do so. The Senate is controlled by Republicans. But I am here to tell you, they will not do so. Because there are literally, at least we know, a handful of Republican senators who won't do it. And our Senator Toomey is one. So it ain't going to work. But imagine this for Pence, the biggest sycophant in the universe. And he's been peddling this crap. Because he's been peddling crap since he became vice president. You know who was in a similar position? 1961. A guy named Richard Nixon. He was the vice president. Eisenhower was the outgoing president. And Nixon had run for the office himself against the charismatic John F. Kennedy. And he had lost. And Richard Nixon had to sit there on January 6th, 1961. And open those envelopes. And he did. And he certified that election in which he was the loser. 40 years later, Vice President Al Gore, who had won millions more votes than George W. Bush sat there and opened those envelopes. This after the Supreme Court intervened and he did it. Mike Pence will do it. Chuck writes, Lynn, a couple of comments specific to your rant this morning. I'd like to think of it, Chuck, as a warning, (laughs) as a wake-up call. Anyway, one, I was in Erie over the summer, and we turned on the TV on a Sunday morning, and we stumbled across a Christian broadcast network. The minister's entire sermon was about the evils of the Democratic Party and the sinfulness of not supporting Donald Trump. We couldn't believe it. Well, you know what? This is something Democrats forget, right? We wonder how these people can live in this world of, you know, of lies. Well, because they're being told the lies by the president of the United States and by their pastors, their ministers. And by their news, Fox News, and by the radio stations they listen to. And because people stay with people like them, they hear it from their friends, their family. And that is what their reality is. That is their reality. And it's frightening. Secondly, Chuck says Newsmax and One America News Network, the other one, have popped up on my Verizon plan in the past couple years. Neither of these have anything to do with news, of course. No, they're just propaganda outlets. What I don't understand is why Verizon would even consider these. Well, let me explain to you. Verizon is makes money, right? And and any channel that is on it pays it money. 
I remember being stunned when I was on talk radio at WPTT. And I was told that these right-wing talk shows, because they were starting, the owner was starting to put them on, that these right-wing talk shows, you would think a station would have to pay the show. I want to carry your show. How much do I have to pay you? But in fact, it worked the other way. The shows paid the owner of the station to run them. Because it was worth it to them to pay the money to get their propaganda out there, hope that they would develop an audience. It's how almost all the right-wing talk shows got where they are. And Chuck says, but I don't understand why Verizon would even consider this. Is their customer base demanding to see these services? Well, yeah, some. <laughs> some. Some. Like over 30%. Right? Um, it, make no mistake, um, the, we're in for some frightening times. And I'm not sure how it's going to play out, but it doesn't benefit us to act as if it's not happening or it's not as dangerous a situation as it is um i i've got time for maybe one more caller go go ahead please hi lynn it's dave from washington hey good to hear your voice yeah i've been meaning to call you for a while you were talking about richard nixon um a couple years ago uh pat buchanan was on tv and of course pat buchanan had a lot to do with uh, nixon's um campaign and yeah. I don't remember who it was. I don't know if it was Stephanopoulos or one of those guys. Um, they were talking about 1960 and why they didn't um, argue uh, what, what, what happened in Chicago and Illinois. And Buchanan laughed and said, this is the first time I'm ever going to tell anybody this. He says, we didn't want to bring up Illinois because we did the exact same thing in Kentucky. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> and we didn't want anybody looking into that. So, so it's kind of better to just let it go. Um, so uh, good. Well, no, you know, I, Pat Buchanan was one of the precursors yeah. of what this Republican Party has become. 88 and 92. Yeah, he was a white na- he's a white nationalist. He's a real hater. Oh, yeah. um, I actually at one point had a doctor here, my PCP, who had grown up living next door to Pat Buchanan. Oh, dear. And my doctor was a Jew. Uh-huh. And. And he said Buchanan was just the biggest bullying anti-Semite from childhood on. It was, I mean, incredible, incredible. No surprise. No surprise. That's for sure. Now, I'm having a little bit of a dilemma. Not really. Sort of a philosophical dilemma. These are bad days. Everybody knows that. Um, I have said for a long time, I think I even put it in a letter to you last week, if you have a good job, you know, some sort of financial stability, and you've got a good roof over your head, an apartment or a house that you like that you're not in fear of losing soon, and you have a dependable car. If you have those three things, you have everything you need for a happy life. Everything else is up to you. It's pretty hard to have a good, happy life if you're missing any one of those three things. Um, I have all three of those things. And the rest of my life is going actually pretty darn well. Now, 2020, of course, has been just a hellacious year for everybody. I felt the exact same thing in 2001 when so much horror, so much sadness, so much fear, 
And yet for me personally, things aren't that bad at all. Right. And, um, you know, not that I don't feel other people's pain. Of course I do. But um, it is kind of interesting. It's very much a flashback to 2001. Um, I wish everybody else uh, in the world had it as uh, stress-free and easy as I do. It it, it helps to be single. (laughs) I I discovered that. I was made for this quarantining. I I haven't struggled with that whatsoever. Uh, So, yeah. And that's what I'm calling, uh, you know, I'm doing fine, because um, you asked, where are you, where are you, where are you? Well, I'm here. And, uh, and yeah, that's it. All right. You having well, a good Hanukkah? You. No. I mean, no. First of all, I didn't have any Hanukkah candles, and I'm not going to go out and get them. So I haven't been able to light my menorah. And, no, you know, the holidays, just like, it just, I'm... This is my Hanukkah-less uh, year, and, um, you know, it's it's a minor holiday anyways, no big deal. But um, Christmas, um, I sure hope people will be smarter than they were at Thanksgiving, or we're going to be, That's there's going to be hell to pay. And I, 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 I just, I know, I mean, I've gotten to know my fellow Americans and they're going to do the wrong thing more. They're going to do whatever the hell they want to do because it's fascism to make me wear a mask. I or to make not... me not have the Christmas I always have. Yeah, you know what? I think it was on page 15. It was very early in Mein Kampf that uh, the whole thing about wearing masks was part of the deal. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure it was somewhere very, very early in, in the book. Um, <laughs> people are just freaking idiots and sycophantic yeah. assholes. I hate them all. Anyways, uh, happy holidays to you and to all Thank of your you. listeners. And um, I'll try to stay in touch more often. Okay. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. You know, and just speaking, he mentioned 2001, 9-11, obviously. Again, a fact. We are losing more Americans to this virus every day. than we lost in 9-11, than we lost at Pearl Harbor. Every day. Do you remember when I used to share the numbers, the COVID numbers for the county when they, right at the end of the show, because they come out at 11? And for a period there, there were like, 18 new cases, 40 new cases, but they were double digits for a long time. And then, uh uh-oh, they went into over 100. And now we'd kill, pardon the expression, to get back to 100 cases a day because Allegheny County is doing over a thousand now cases a day. And if you and yours go about your Christmas plans, you can up that number to 2,000. We can busily start killing off Americans more so than the Taliban ever did, than than Al-Qaeda ever did, we already know than the Nazis ever did, than the Japanese ever did. We are a cruel and a murderous nation. Okay. I guess that's it for me. Sorry. Try to be a little more upbeat tomorrow. Susan will be on. Okay. Come on, guys. Be smart. Bye.
Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.